shining a beacon on the bazaar. Kid, I'm home. I'm back. Hello. Hello, Arcade. Where are you? Bloody hell, look at this place. It's an absolute shit tip. Oh my god. Oh, it's just been trashed. I can't believe this. What's that? Is he out the window? There's a bloody boat on the shore. Oh no, that might mean the light's never been lit. Oh, oh there he is. He's in the front room. room. He's laid on the couch. Hey, Arkid, wake up! Ah! You're not Arkid, you're bloody robo! Hey, we need to go and get out! Get your fat ass out of here! Go on! Skidaddle! Oh no, what's happened? Where's Arkid? Oh, well, well, there's a way. I'm going to have to start clearing up or something like this. It's a right mess. I can't do it. I'll move all these tins here. Right? Oh, what's under these tins? What the? Here, you get up! Are you having a good holiday? Bloody hell, you've been asleep under these cows! Oh, I've had the sweetest sleep of my life! Oh, that mm. is disgrace. I oh. found Robo Pete. Where like, is he? Has he got martinis? No martinis. I've had to oh. bloody put him back on his boat and send him back to the mainland. Oh, no, he's gone. He's gone. Oh. He's, gone. he's been here a week. I don't even that? know. What's going on? Oh, this kid? is terrible. Absolutely oh. terrible. Have you seen that ship? It's a bloody tanker. A ship? Yeah. Where? It's a, it's a <laughs> oh, balls, man. I can't think about. Oh, I don't when know. When did what, you last write like the line? I can't. I remember Pete coming out on Monday, uh, <gasps> and he had his robot full of beer. <laughs> we started. I think he did it Monday night, and I don't know after that. Arkin, it's a bit oh, of a walking, man, uh, a bit of a walking mystery you know. this week, dude. This is terrible. Oh, terrible. I feel nice. I'm not even hungover. I just. I don't know how long I've been asleep. Oh mm. man, well, I'll tell you what, 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 what is anybody on the ship? Are we in trouble? Are we sorry? Uh, no, I, th I think we're alright. Can we look. push it back in later? <laughs> yeah, we'll give it a go later on. We'll I'll get Jack on it or something. I'll just jack it back in. <laughs> just jack it back up. Get a few brooms or something. We'll get it back <laughs> out there. Push it up to know what happens. <laughs> Well, rather than just doing that first, the first Ooh. thing we need to sort out is this bloody lighthouse, oh, right? So I've, got, I've got Uber out already. Yeah, so we start, right. start picking the tinnies up on here. Go no! I've had a better idea. Huh? Got Uber out. Why don't we try that Hoover trick we're on about before? Oh, yeah. You know, Let's go Sonic, right. dude! Let's try, because uh, for those who don't know, right, well, first of all, this is Kraken Cove, right? <laughs> this is the podcast that shines a beacon onto the bazaar. And I'm Matt. I'm Benny. And here we are in the lighthouse, you see, because that's, that's what's going on at the moment. So by the looks of things, Ben's been having a bit of a party time here, right? So we're going to have a bit of a clean-up and everything. Benny but, Bender. <laughs> but, 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 but one of the other episodes we did, we did on sound weapons. And Ben seemed to reckon that when we were kids... I used to do a trick with a Hoover where we'd kind of get into uh, some sort of sonic rhythm. I can't it. believe you don't remember it. Well, literally, you brought it out and said, hey, check this out. Do this with me. You're making me do the tone of voice. You doing your tone. 
Hoover kicked in and he just going wow 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 So do we do weird. it right? So how does it work then? Do we do it before we no? We, first? we match the tone of the Hoover. Hoover on first, then you start going like one. You yeah. know, you find a note that's a bit weird. Then I go in with a bit of a, you know what I mean? Let's just fucking right, let's just let's play. Give this. it a go. So we're gonna turn the Hoover on. So the next night you can hear the Hoover. Right? <laughs> so here we go. Just one constant. Tinny's gone, man. Where all Tinny's gone? Why is oh it so neat? God. Do you know what? I think we've gone into the future. Oh, mate, it looks shitter than we are now. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, mate, this looks 2020. Let's go back to 2020. Are we back? This is shit tip again, thank fuck for that. Did you hear it? Oh, did I hear it? <laughs> that was your crazy head that made that game up. Fucking nutter. Oh, the tricky actually works. <laughs> oh, jump with that. Not like fucking future much though, oh, do you? No, I'm not. I'm not we're not going to talk about the future on the cover. Yeah, I, no. I can't believe the Hoover can just. It's almost like hot tub time machine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me onto missing socks and a, um, a washing machine. I've got a massive theory about that. We're oh, going to we'll, we'll say that for another Park day, that, that one. That's that's it, yeah. <laughs> but I think for now, what needs to be done is. I think we need to sit down at the kitchen table, <laughs> Ooh. settle down, and do you know what? You need a bit of casting. Have you been you already do. casting? I've on been you? already casting. Oh, good lad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you about what I've seen. Oh, let's get this bad boy on. I've been on my holidays and I've seen some strange stuff. Ooh, jolly holidays. <laughs> what did you see? Whereabouts did you go get out? I was a bit oh. of a blank. I think I've hurt my brain with all this week. <laughs> <laughs> I've been up to Edinburgh. Oh, no. So, oh, it's yeah, a lovely place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you've been once, but hops, yeah. I loved it. Loved it really good. So we saw, lot, saw lots of stuff. Saw the, uh, saw the uh, uh, Queens, Queensbury House. Oh, we, Christ, yeah. Yeah, so that's where the Earl, the vamp, the, uh, the the cannibalistic Earl was. <laughs> Roasting a boy above yeah, the fire. <laughs> Roasting, but yeah. No, the weird thing is now it's like part of the Edinburgh, almost like a parliament building. Sort of right. So I, I think it's a bit weird that they've adopted this creepy bloody house. Yeah, yeah. That. I think but check bit, out that past episode. What were we calling it? Cannibals. It's on it? the cannibals and things. Sony Bean that's Special. That's it, Sony yeah. Bean Special. So, so yeah, that was, so I'm gonna, I might get to see that, and that was pretty good. But the thing that I really liked was I've been to Rosslyn Chapel. Oh, you were teasing that you were going to go. Yeah, Did you actually see it? Then? Yeah, so it is, it's absolutely fantastic. Is it? The, the only thing that's bad is you can't take photos inside. Oh, so with pain and taking, flash and yeah, all that yeah, sort of that. Well, no, the, the reason is I found out is because people, obviously you get your Americans, your Japanese and all that sort of stuff, yeah. 
people are just rocking up with gigantic bits of camera kit and oh. they're just photographing everything and getting it when yeah, yeah, yeah you need to move around nicely give them really yeah, chance just look at use your eyes which is I think he's good because you've got to be in the moment a bit, yeah right? I'm funny with cameras concerts anything I'm doing I never take photos yeah. it's just I think it spoils it it like fucks your memory up about it all and that. Yeah, I, I, like, I like doing it live you know, you know there's no what's the point in looking at a little screen while you're looking at real life but you're actually just uh, watching it through the exactly. little screen exactly I find it mental. creepy yeah. nowadays and all that we're living yeah. through them but yeah, there was it was a Russell Chapel itself was a was a sort of like a very special and very interesting place. Just give me a cell. <coughs> I imagine it on a little green hill in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? And it's just there, but well, nothing it, it's around. The thing is, it sort of tucked away. Right. It's, it's in the countryside. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like it just outside Rural the village of Rosslyn. Yeah. yeah. So there's loads of like trees and little nice little graveyard and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, but it's not. And you you kind of don't really know it's there to start with. Yeah. You can't really see it from the road or anything like that. You, you know, just see Tom Hanks running around somewhere. Oh, I'm near. Yeah, I'm near. <laughs> I think it's sad the amount of people who are there because of Tom yeah, Hanks. I think that's yeah. a big shame, you know what yeah. I mean? So to just give you a bit of a rough day, rough sort of like a rundown of what Rosslyn Chapel is. Mm-hmm. So basically what it is, it's a, it's a 12th century Gothic chapel. So the Goths built it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the style of the architecture. Right, the Gothic, yeah, that's yeah. That. So it's very crenellated and lumpy and very over, almost like a over-carved. And right, over-ornate kind of type yeah. of shit. Over-ornate, yeah. yeah, that's that. And it's and they reckon it's been built by the um, by the Knights Templar had cool, it built. Yeah. And as a result, there's loads of like, legends about it, you know. It's yeah. like it's not just like any old chapel. Mm-hmm. And what the thing is, they reckon within the entire building, they reckon there's loads of like code, so, yeah. for example, I think it's like some people think it's a stargate. Wow! Right, because there's yeah, a vaulted man. ceiling. There's all these different stars in it, and what yeah. like alien grey faces and stuff like this. And there's there's everything. Everywhere you look, there's strange hints of oddness, which could be construed as code, yeah. or just very heavily ornamented yeah. things that people have just been carving something for. It's taken ages to carve. Was it done in one sitting, or has someone been whittling away for years, adding stuff? And well, that's a good question because it was actually done um, and left. It was kind of a complete work. Right. Then added to, and they've had little wings and things added to. Yeah. Um, but the, the, but the thing is with the carvings because it was it, it basically got fallen in a massive state of disrepair. Ah, right. It was it was a wreck yeah. at one point, and I, I believe like Cromwell sort of like. Um, Stabled his horses in there at one time in the year or something like this, or, or you know, soldiers, you know, yeah. a, 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 a barn. It's <laughs> a barn, that's what it was like. It was absolutely wow. knacked in, yeah. And as a result, there's loads of fresh carvings in there. Ah. So, there's a lot of the carvings, there's, there's a lot of the originals there, yeah, so don't yeah. worry about that. You know, there's plenty of the originals, mm-hmm. but the weird thing is, the, the new carvings in some cases almost as mysterious right. as the old ones because. The, the people have got in that, and this is something I discovered in it, which I've not really read about as well, which again I find it a bit weird, but I discovered while I was there. Is the Masons, I've seen the Stone Masons, yes. are of course the Masons as well, the yeah, affiliation yeah. with a secret yeah. brotherhood. <laughs> and they seem to have actually added a lot of their own secret, sig- in, sort of significant Wow, so they've known it's on. like it's a place of importance. They thought, all right, let's add to this kind of well, magic. They've always, they've always thought they've actually had links to the Masons from the very start. Yeah. And there's even thoughts that the, the Knights Templar were linked to the Masons too. Wow, so they didn't just die off and run off and just disband, they're just like, right, change his names, hide for a few years. Well, I, I think I think aspects, I think the, the Knights Templar themselves were actually executed by the French kings. They say a lot got away yeah, though, yeah. you know, right, some mart- oh, nearly yeah. martyred themselves for it, but yeah. a lot got away. I think, that, I think they did, but I think as, as well, there might have even been just this secret underground. 
ground. I mean, obviously the Masons are quite a, mm-hmm. a shady kind of yeah, uh, setup, yeah, you know. Oh. So, so they added their own bits and bats. So, I mean, I must admit, I don't, I can't, I can't claim to be any expert on it. I've not mm-hmm. done tons and tons of work. I'm just basically yeah. going off my jolly bobs. Exactly, it's <laughs> eyewitness testimonies. Yeah. So the, the the thing I found one of the most interesting things I found uh, is the amount of green men. Oh, they are cool agreements because yeah. that's like b- before Christ and everything in it really. Old that's symbol. it. Yeah, super super old, and they reckon they actually go back as far as the Druids. Wow. And again, the Druids are super weird because when people say, "What do you know about Druids?" and there's loads of the New Age crystal types, that turn around and say, "Oh, well, Druids do this." And yeah, you don't know anything. I, I tell you what, it's awful. Is that bit? Weird. I remember being younger, thinking, "Right, I'm going to get into Druids." And it's like, "Oh, there's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> I can't find yeah, anything yeah. out about so them." Mega mysterious. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, they have like a good last fight on an island somewhere with Romans. I heard that one. Wow. Like, did a bit of a trickster manoeuvre, you know what I mean? But then they just got their asses kicked next day. You know? Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, I think it, I think they are just super fascinating. Yeah. Um, but as a result, you don't know it's a mystery. But this, the energy and the power of the green man mm-hmm. was obviously revered while this was being carved. And of course, even later carvings in churches and stuff. Now, you get yourself down your road if you've got a little bit of an old church nearby. You get yourself down there and spend half an hour having a good look at the carvings. Chances are you'll see a green man. Now, you, the way you can actually tell what a green man looks like is quite often they've got leafy beards, quite a grotesque face, and they have what is possibly thought to be vines growing out of their mouths. Wow. So they're a bit of a strange sight. And I think in, uh, let me just see the amount of numbers they've got here. Let me just quickly look at the green men. Um, I think they said there's something like 110 different green men carvings within. But um, my favourite one is, and there's a very famous one right on the top of the, um, right on the altar. Yeah. Uh, on the altar there. Whoa, look at that. Yeah. Ugly little sprout. It's like yeah, one of them really... uh, ghoulies, isn't it? Remember yeah. that film? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a good one. There's a, there's a really good car- a carving of, the, of the, some lovers turning away from the devil. That's Ooh. a good one as well, though. So Satan is actually. Oh, is he a bit shy there or something? Yeah, it looks like he's a bit shy. It's like giving a bit of time. It looks like he's uh, pushing down a bonus. (laughs) (laughs) I think his eyes are like that. He's a little little peaky deaky. (laughs) Pushing down a bonus. You know, uh, and uh, there is, like you say, there's some very mysterious elements that are kicking about on there. Now, one I particular like is the reckon it's the saying it's the, the fallen angel. Wow. There, and the scene is it's said to be uh, Samayaza, the leader of the fallen angels. Uh, but really, we all know it is. It's bloody Lucifer. Yeah, that's how what you call him. Samayami. Samayaza. Now, if you look at this, it, it's, it's, it's oh, an angel. Of people. Now, have a little look at that. And what it is, it's an angel carved upside down, bound oh, in ropes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a, that is immense. That is so evil. It's so you see the crucifix upside down. Look at that. An angel yeah, upside down, all it. bound up. Wow. So, you know, and it's, it, it's a super weird one, is that? Now, the most famous carvings, uh, the two pillars called the Mason's Pillar right. and the Apprentice Pillar. Now, what they reckon is the Mason was, he, he'd done his pillar right and he's thinking, all right, that's great, because it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful piece of stone masonry. It really is sort of like a super detailed, really, really cool. But he had to go away on a bit of a job. I think he had another contract somewhere <laughs> yeah. else. Probably had a sort of like an extension to do it somewhere. <laughs> Can't do no overtime. We've got a job on yeah. next Thursday. So he left the other pillar, the other main pillar, all right. up to his apprentice to carve, right? So the first one's all nice and straight, proper light. You can't get straight, can you? No. Let's have a look at the apprentice. And there's the apprentice pillar. Oh, my God. 
he's got a, he can't have just bought it. I think that's better. It's like a twist to it, isn't it? Well, that's it. But what happened was, when the mason came back, right, <laughs> and saw that the apprentice had totally nearly shown him up, <laughs> he, he, he killed him. Oh, my God. And in the, the chapel? Th- the think he killed him in the chapel. Oh, sweet. And what the think is, is even carvings up in the, in the ceiling space of somebody who, I think it's meant to be something like a condemned man. Yeah. Which is meant to be the mason. Yeah. And then there's, there's a, a somebody who looks dead with a head injury. Wow. As well, like, up oh, there too. Fucking done him in. Done him in, so they reckon, reckon it's Christ, it is, though. It's, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? Kill what, a jelly belly? Yeah. You can't do that. And... Another weird thing that's spotted in there as well, which is really odd, right, is this carving around one of the windows. Now, it's a little bit hard to see there. Just got it down there. Oh, yeah. and, and if you see, it's corn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this was before anyone had found America. How did corn come from America? Okay, corn, maize, came from the Americas. Wow. And no one, this was carved, nobody had been to the Americas. Jesus. Totally undiscovered. Oh, but they're, they've got these carvings of corn over the one of the windows and stuff like this. And another one is an exotic plant, right? Is uh, is aloe vera. Nice. So cactuses was carved into it as well. Have we found them? I bet we wouldn't have found them yet, would we? Yeah, yeah. I think we had. I think we had. Spice roots and all yeah, that, that sort of a lark it had, you know. But there's even like there's a weird one. There's like a dance of death going on there, and there's like a whole freeze of of people basically dancing with skeletons and stuff Jesus. like that, you know. And it's just quite incredible all the different ones that you sort of get to see. Little, there's an entire sort of carving of the crucifix. Do you get a vibe? You know what I say? You're walking, you're looking at it. Did you get a vibe out of it? Did you get a feeling? I you know really I mean? did, yeah. Yeah, like good or bad, you know, like dark or light or. Mysterious. Yeah, it's, it's mysterious. mysterious yeah. It, it doesn't help that I was there when there were some, obviously, still some tourists. And there was, uh, there was a woman from Newcastle who was actually on the phone in the chapel. Oh. And she had to be told to leave, then didn't leave. Oh. So yeah. that was kind of an annoying thing, and I could have happily killed her like Mason did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? And we weren't allowed down in, into the, uh, um, not the catacombs, well, I think it's the catacombs, wow. we weren't allowed down there. Wow. So Carol was very disappointed about not being allowed Why down was there. down there, do you know? Well, that's where like the uh, the bodies were stored, of the Templars and stuff, you right. know? And that were meant to be quite interesting. Why did they bring them back from Europe and all that I sort of I believe so, thing? yeah, but uh-huh. then again, there's other battles here as well. Yeah, so, yeah. You know? And also, they might have just died of old age and the ring. Have you ever seen photos? Is some more carvings down there? Uh, and, and, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. And this is the thing I'm finding on the internet. There is photos, these images and stuff, but there's not anywhere near as much as I thought there'd be. Yeah. And I've had to work really, really hard to find one particular carving I found interesting. So, yeah, so there's two images or two carved figures which I found particularly interesting. Nobody else seemed to be noticing very much, right? Yeah, yeah. So here's one of them. I've managed to find a picture. Like I said, you can, you're not Ooh. allowed to take photos when, when you're in there. Right. Wow, it's like some scaly kind of um, angel, isn't it? It looks like kind of scaliness to it. Well, that's what's so bizarre. It's and like furry, uh, isn't it? That's the thing. And, and I thought, um, well, this is weird because this was, imagine like you're looking at a church, right? There's an yeah. altar. And behind the altar, there's carvings on the wall. Yeah. Um, one of these particular sort of figures was on the left and one was on the right. They were the most, uh, in, in possibly in the most prominent places there could be in the chapel. The two carvings that were behind the altar were these two 
figures. But like that one, furry little angel squat down. It looks like he's gonna curl off a dookie to me. Well, he's in a weird position, and he's hand, hand as well. Yeah. Hands. Weird. So just describe. I'm gonna post this up on our uh, on our website. So you, we're gonna see it on it's on Twitter. It's gonna be at, at Crack and Curve. Uh, Instagram. It's at Crack and Curve Pod. So I'll be put, putting a few pictures of those up. But uh, for, for the sake of things, now I'll just describe it. He's he's kind of a squatting figure of an angel. Big wings at the back. One hand, the right hand, is holding the shin. The left hand is covering the heart. And there's a slightly kind of mournful expression on mm, the face. Ain't right, is it? That hand, that left hand over that hand. But I couldn't find any information about it. It's not that not any of the literature is written about it. I thought, who are these weird figures? Because the body, and you've got the big wings, the body also seems to be feathered. Ah, yeah. And... So doing a little bit of work, I'm actually asking uh, one of the uh, assistants there, and she said to me that a stonemason who was knew some of the history, because what happens is a stonemason is actually taking, or one of the masons, mm. not one of the guys who worked on this, but he's a mason, he's taking other fellow Freemasons on private tours around. Right. And he told her that he, he doesn't say much, doesn't give up much at all, and says they... Are probably Nephilim. No, I've never heard of a Nephilim. And so when she's asked, trying to get more information out of him, the, this guy, he was saying, oh no, they're just a joke. And he's, and I think Ooh. a joke, what sort of joke? Well, he's trying to get someone there. off the scent there, isn't it? Yeah. He's like Scooby Doo villain or something. So the next thing you need to look at is, as you said, what is a Nephilim? Have you got the other picture? You said there were two of them. Couldn't Both. get the other picture. Ah, no. Couldn't find the other picture. But the you know they are in there, so it's like uh, if I manage to find both, uh, I will post yeah, both. Yeah. But with the, with the time I've had, I've not been able to find it. So the Nephilim is appears in the Bible throughout. Right. Very strange. Also, the Nephilim appear in Hebrew wow. histories and Muslim histories. Christ. And what they think they are, it's sort of the Nephilim were the offspring of the sons of God and the daughters of men before the deluge right ah. so what that really sort of translates as saying it's the direct descendants of God yeah as in the angels have sex with human women I've heard some about this yeah. and not super like horny for like women and all that they're all everybody were at it giants were about and stuff <laughs> these are the giants <gasps> Oh wow! God. That's it, and it's like now that I mean I'm not going to go through massively everything about this because what I might do I might cover Nephilim and giants later on. Yeah, so yeah. It's on topic. That's what one of the reasons yeah. fought floods, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Were to get rid, you know, like start again. He's like, oh Jesus, look at state of all angels banging everyone down yeah, there. That's exactly. And exactly giants what it is. are like tearing everybody's heads off, right? So these were basically, like I said, because it seems to me, as far as I can actually sort of decipher, that the Nephilim didn't just take one particular form. There could yeah. be different things, different faces, heads, they could shape shit. Wow. Um, they could be super, super giants. All were said to have these massive mega wings. God, I'm glad he said wings. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking, oh God, I don't want a bloody Nephilim banging out. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it's like um, ah, it's, that's juicy. Yeah, so the, but there doesn't seem to be any re any reasoning behind it. But another another thing that I think could possibly be one of the rumours as well is they were the daughters of Cain. 
Wow. So these, these. I mean, what we'll do, we'll have to have a look at later on because it's just too big a, a bigger subject. But the, this, as I'm saying, could be a representation that says it could be a Nephilim. Wow, I love it. And so I think at a later time, I'm, do, I'm just because I've just back off my holidays, I've just put my bags down for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 got, I've got a Benny fact for you. It's from one of uh, me. Most, I love my Steinbeck and that, and the like, East of Eden, oh, yeah. um, that old book, you know what I mean? But after I read the book, I thought, God, that is fucking fantastic, you know what I mean? I love that kind of quote, you know, you must go, you know, he's cast out his cane, you know, you must go East of Eden. Do you know what is East of Eden? What land it is? Hell. No, the land of Nod. <laughs> Oh, yeah. now that does ring a bell. Yeah, I looked at it like, you are a fucking land of Nod. Yeah, yeah. And the weird thing is, up in the, I think in Yorkshire, there is a place called Land I of Nod. I drove through it a bit ago. It was well, yeah, the Land of Nod, literally. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't that long ago. I can't well, maybe we need to look in a little bit further. What maybe we need to do is a little special Nephilim. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Land of Nod. G Force did a bit of whining up there, actually. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to ask him. I don't see if it seems whining or anything tapped into anything particular about. We will find out. Well, the thing there, you see, is we, we, we've set ourselves a bit of homework. We need to look into mm. Nephilim now. Yeah, you know? We yeah. need to look into the land of Nod or some malarkey, you know, east of Eden. Yeah, a bit. You know. um, but also, you see, we've got to look back on other stories a little bit because mm-hmm. we have to set ourselves a bit of homework. Yeah, the yeah. story with me and you have been following, I'm going to cover it now. Happy news, really good news is this. Trump supporter shoots himself through the groin in an attempt to trigger liberals. Oh, lovely. That's a very early episode, isn't it? Those pointing the guns at the road. Guns. Yeah, that's it. The guns at dicks. So, basically, to, to cover, well, like, in, a, in one of our past episodes, uh, we covered the fact that the, um, they call them them FUDs. Yeah. They call themselves yeah, FUDs. Elmer FUDs. Yeah. When, which, these are guys who just live with guns. They don't want all the rules to do with guns. They're just gun guys. Hmm. And they didn't like the fact that sort of like uh, liberals and people like this would say, no, you've got to have guns saved. You've got to be careful with guns. So to sort of prove that they were all super cool with guns, these chants and stuff like this, these buds, <laughs> and so just to quote themselves, pointing firearms at their own genitals. And we knew at the time, didn't we? Yeah. we this is going to come. This is going to come across to a sticky, icky end. Sticky <laughs> end. And I'm glad to say it has. <laughs> so this is a story from Queerty. Uh, by Graham Greenmore, right? And it says that um, a member of a homoerotic pro-Trump Facebook group where straight guys share photos of themselves pointing loaded guns at their genitals in an attempt to trigger liberals has accidentally shot himself in the balls. <laughs> now, I, I think they're, they're saying it's homoerotic. It's not homoerotic. Yeah, it has got nothing to do with yeah. it. They're just being fucking dims so well, yeah. yeah. The unidentified San Diego man belongs to the private group Loaded Guns Pointed at Penis. Wow. He recently posted a video of himself pointing his .45 caliber and 1911 semi-automatic at his groin. There's a brief pause in the video before the gun suddenly fires and blood spatters everywhere. Oh, wow. 
Oh, blood. The original video of the man shooting himself in the balls and the subsequent and the subsequent thread has been deleted. But members of the group captured the video and aftermath and re-uploaded it. The man who shot himself in the balls wrote above the picture, Hey boys, I might have fucked up. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> and the picture shows his naked legs and splattered blood on the carpet of his floor. A towel is stuffed between his legs. And a printed out copy of the Constitution is crumpled on the edge of the photo. <laughs> <laughs> the right to bear arms. <laughs> wow. So the guy posted through the incident as he bled. God's 45 caliber went through my scrotum, mattress, box spring, and floor. Uh, so it just went through the scrot? I think he yeah, a plum. Uh, but, the, the things with these things, they hit the go with such force. Oh, the, yeah. the bruising. Oh. The man later posted a photo of himself in hospital, pointing his finger towards his crotch like a gun. Well, he had enough, has he? He yeah. had enough, yeah. He captured the photo. Turns out it... Turns out it wasn't a graze. That round went right the foot through me. It's what I thought were two graze wounds. Turned out to be an entrance and exit. Oh, wow. So I don't think he's actually blown his balls off. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, because anybody who's still stupid enough to do that and then still talk to people online yeah, about yeah. it. And bragging nearly, isn't he? You know I mean? would be so ashamed. Exactly, yeah, you'd go permit, wouldn't you, straight away. I mean, I mean as they're saying here now, I'm quite sure he's learned his lesson without the entire world calling him an idiot. Huh. Right? That's what the admin's saying. He's, saying. he's basically saying, look, back off, guys. Back yeah, off. Yeah. He's an idiot. He's an name, absolute idiot. Name, name and address. The whole what? Massively. I, just, I really hope he's got all his tubes are all ruined and he can't <gasps> actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> He'll peek out of offspring because he's just a bad, bad apple, isn't he? Don't create any more. No. You know I mean? Oh my <laughs> God, he's... <laughs> so there you go. Um, your gun safety is very important. This has proved it. Oh, man, let's move on. My knackers are hurting. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough to make you spew it. It is real. Puking up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Again, a little bit of homework from uh, from the previous episode because I think everyone will have noticed that we've actually we're, we're one episode short, aren't we? Yeah, uh, we had to skip one. A bit of holidays and things like that. <laughs> I had to have that bender as well. It's just <laughs> something I've got to do once a year. Well, you know, this is it. You know, but we're, we're back now. We're back from our summer holidays. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have a holiday from reality. From reality. So, what we're looking back on one of the subjects we we discussed previously is what is ambergris. I can't even remember that. What's that? I'm... Yeah, the whale vomit. Oh, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah. This is a stuff. <laughs> so, ambergris, right? This is just from Wikipedia. So, we're going to have a little delve into you know, what ambergris is, right? So, ambergris, ambergris, or am- grey amber, 
is a solid, waxy, flammable substance oh. of a dull grey or blackish colour produced in the digestive system of sperm whales. Just sperm whales? Just sperm whales. Wow. They're the only ones that can do it. Freshly produced ambergris has a marine fecal odour. <laughs> <laughs> it acquires a sweet, earthy scent as it ages, commonly likened to the fragrance of rubbing alcohol without the vaporous chemical astringency. Right? <laughs> cool. Ambergris has been highly valued by perfume, uh, perfumers? I think that's right, perfumers, yeah, perfumers. Yeah, perfumers. As a fixative that allows the scent to endure much longer, although it has been mostly replaced by synthetic ambroxide. Dogs are attracted to the smell of ambergris <laughs> and are sometimes used by ambergris searchers. You can have yourself an ambergris oh, out like a truffle pooch. Yeah. Oh, that'd be it. Yes, you sniff the little things out. The oh, game one, game three. <laughs> a little team, especially if they find something. Little great. team, yeah, a little team. Yeah. How cute is that? All uniforms. Anyway, what? <laughs> so the word ambergris comes from the old French ambergris or grey amber. That's that where it comes from. Does that you know? So ambergris is formed from a secretion of the bile duct in the intestines of the sperm whale. And it can be found floating on the sea or washed up on coastlines. Oh. So you can find it wherever there's sperm whales, yeah. you can find I've it. Heard it like, we've talked about that dude before, haven't we? We've got, like, what's that? When we looked it up, went back, found it, like, oh my god, I've yeah. got gold. That's it, that, that's, the, that's where it's sort of discovered sometimes. It is sometimes found in the abdomens of dead sperm whales. And because the beaks of giant squids have been discovered within the lumps of ambergris, Scientists have theorised that the substance is produced by the whale's gastrointestinal tract to ease the passage of hard, sharp objects that it may have eaten. Right, so it is a literal gre poo grease. Poo grease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that accounts for the smell. Um, yeah, that's the thing, you know, and it, it's like... Um, I thought you were going to say, like, squids were after it or something, trying to rip open oh, a whale and get no, them. No, like, oh, my God. If you think of a beak... Uh, the beaks of like the squids, yeah. and it's like it's like a gigantic, like it's like shitting out a sword or something. Yeah, you know? oh god, you yeah. know. So sorry, the squid attack. He's eating the squid and he's trying to pass that. Yeah, sharp he's to pass beak. the beak and the beaky boy. <laughs> too, you know what I mean? But the thing that he's gets me about this stuff, right? Is people mm. think, oh, just you know, it's, this is produced in this way or that, right? But ambergris is passed like fecal matter. So it's shat out. Right. <laughs> it is speculated that an ambergris mass too large to be shat out through the intestine is expelled via the mouth. But that still remains under debate. Right. So people have been claiming all along, you know, oh, he's the whale spew. vomit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not. It's mostly sort of shat out. <laughs> shat out. <laughs> ambergris takes years to form. Christopher Kemp, the author of Floating Gold, A Natural and Unnatural History of Ambergris, says that it is only produced by sperm whales and only by an estimated 1% of them. Oof. So ambergris is rare. Once expelled by a whale, it often floats for years before making landfall. The very small chance of finding ambergris and the legal ambiguity involved led perfume makers away from ambergris and led chemists on a quest to find a viable alternative. Right. That's it. So the physical properties of ambergris is it's found in lumps of various sizes, usually weighing from 15 grams to 50 kilograms, right? <laughs> so that's a weighty old lad, isn't it? When initially expelled or by or removed from the whale, the 
fatty precursor of ambergris is pale white in colour, sometimes streaked with black. Soft with a strong fecal smell, so it stinks of whale shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's some fishy poo poo. So what it needs is months to years of what's called photodegradation and oxidisation. Ah. So it's floating in the sea, Hitting it's the, the sun, sun and the air that's working on it. Cool. It hardens up, turns a bit crusty. <laughs> turns a bit crusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and eventually, like I say, the smell it becomes at once sweet, earthy, marine and animalic. So it smells of animals. Weird. You know? So it's like, it's, it's a very sort of like weird, weird sort of thing, really. What's in it apparently that's important is it's, it's a, a crystals of terpene known as amberine, um, which you can separate down with alcohol or something, and ambroxan, which is another sort of like a, it's a synthetic. When it's synthetically, it's usually the perfume industry. You know, mm. that's the thing that holds the scent. The scent. That's yeah, exactly yeah. it. Yeah. Well, this is one of my favourite parts of this. <laughs> so it's mostly been known for creating perfume and fragrance, much like musk, right? But ambergris has historically been used in food and drink. So this is whale shit we're talking about here, right? A serving of eggs and ambergris was reportedly King Charles II's favourite dish. Oh, what? A recipe for rum shrub liqueur. Mm. I don't know what that is, but rum shrub liqueur from the mid-19th century called for a thread of ambergris to be added to the rum. Almonds, cloves, cassia, and the peel of oranges in making a cocktail from the English and Australian cookery book. Absolutely. It has been used as a flavouring agent in Turkish coffee and in hot chocolate in 18th century Europe. And the substance, of course, is considered an aphrodisiac in some cultures. <laughs> <laughs> so it's heartbreaking, though. It's like, you know, 1% of the whales, you know, produce it, and it's really rare. But back in the day, when the Caesar was full of whales, it was just like people serving it up in coffees and I mean, it was scrambled eggs. Yeah, I never really thought of it like oh, that. Oh, that's yeah. awful, isn't it? It wasn't rare then, was it? Well, no, because the ancient Egyptians burned ambergris incense. Oh, you man. Know? In modern Egypt, ambergris is used for scenting cigarettes. So whale shit cigarettes. Wow. Right? The ancient Chinese call the substance dragon's spittle fragrance. <laughs> right? Cool. And during the Black Death in Europe, people believed that carrying a ball of ambergris could help prevent them from contracting the plague. Well, I'll try it now. Well, it's because they believed in, like, scents, didn't they? So, so they said it was like if you could, for example, if, if you Blocked. could catch it through scents. Yeah. So if you had something that smelled even stronger, yeah, yeah. that, that would block it out. Yeah. So, you know, and it's, it wasn't just a case of masking scents. Like, you know, if we smell something bad, you want, like, a bit of something like, I don't know, um, Vicks Vapor or Bundy or Snow. You know, they actually believed that would stop you so, catching any diseases, yeah, which, you yeah. know, a bit of a weird one, isn't it? You know. But the thing is now, you see, is like ambergris is a bit tricky because of what they used to catch, you know, they used to kill sperm whales, mm -hmm. haul them aboard, and first thing they'll be looking for is the oil and mm -hmm. the meat and the blubber, but then they'll be raiding the gut trying to find ambergris. Wow. So ambergris then became, that's why it was more common about yeah. during the whaling times, because they could just drag it out of all the millions of whales they're killing. Oh, right. You know, and uh, but as you quite rightly say, it's become sort of like rarer and rarer, yeah. because, you know, because of the killing of all the whales, you know. Just off that note, though, you know, you like, I remember reading Moby Dick, I absolutely loved it, and the description of what boat were is, but then I saw a movie afterwards, and I was like, when you see it, just this smoky factory oh. floating about, just fucking hacking whales up oh. just like oh shit the stink 
of a oh, whaling vessel, you know? It's not right. It's awful, awful. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you should say that, because in chapter 91 of Herman Melvin's Moby Dick, yeah. <laughs> Stubb, one of the mates of the Pequod, fools the captain of, of a French whaler into abandoning the corpse of a sperm whale found floating in the sea. His plan is to recover the corpse himself in hopes that it contains ambergris. His hope proves well-founded, and the Pequod's crew recover a valuable quantity of the substance. Melville devotes the following chapter to a discussion on ambergris, with special attention to the irony that fine ladies and gentlemen should regale themselves with an essence found in the inglorious bowels of a sick whale. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Beautiful, beautiful book. <laughs> I, I'm not... I'm, I, I disagree. Oh, what? I disagree with that. I think... As a historical document, yeah, yeah. I think Moby Dick's a wonderful thing because it tells you so much about the whaling and things like this, but fuck me, does it drag on. Do you reckon? I liked it. I, uh, I was super high when I read it. Maybe honest. that's what you need. A million bath or like a... <laughs> so you like a little whale yourself. Exactly, I was just wallowing around. It, I just, it just, the, you know, the, when he... Oh, I could go into it all day, but I liked, I liked the pace of it. You, you oh, know, you built I, up to that complete frenzy of him. Oh, you know, he got me. And the, the aspects of it I did like. Were, you were good, but maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you mm. need to just get yourself in a bath, have yourself an amb- <laughs> uh, an amber green laced <laughs> cigarette yeah, of man. the wacky variety, <laughs> <laughs> and just deep get yourself in a bit of old um, Moby but, Dick. Oh man, I loved it. The relationship with that book took me about a year to read it, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> move away from the sea and get on back onto dry land because Aye. we've got we've got a pretty hot story in here. It's straight hot off the press. Oh nice one. Yeah and breaking is, news. Yeah this is this is just before we started casting today. Yeah. I got I got contacted by my mate Howard. On the old C B on the C B go on Howard. So how Howard got got in touch, right? And he insisted that we said, look, look at this, you've got to have a look at this, right? And I had a quick look <laughs> and I thought, my God, I've got to tell Benny about oh, this. Oh love it. What was he gonna be? So this giant new 50 metre deep crater opens up in the Arctic tundra. The Arctic, I was getting confused, that's topping it. Yeah, Siberia. Oh, right. Because this is from Anna Liasowska for the Siberian Times. And this is a story that came out yesterday. Wow. So it's only two days old, is this, right? fresh. So this recently formed new hole or funnel is the latest to be seen in northern Siberia since the phenomena was first registered in 2014 so these right. holes these super massive holes are appearing in Siberia right? do you want to have a look at one please right I'll just get you a little bit of a looky look look at that fucker Jeez. oh there are people <laughs> around it that's just gone boom yes wow how deep do you know yeah, 50 metres deep 50 oh. metres deep so you're talking about it's like 120 foot something like that you know what I mean maybe maybe a bit high maybe 150 foot deep, deep. right Ooh, can, imagine, can imagine if you just took a tumble and fell in oh, there God, oh god sticking in, oh. in it 
And look at the state of it. All it looks like it's punched out, not punched well, in. Well observed. Look at that. Can you imagine that's a giant mole that's done oh, that? Oh, it's tremors, dude. Yeah. That's what it looks like. But look what it's starting to fill with water and everything. It's just like... Mm, it's milky. Oh, right, yeah. It's filthy, isn't it? Filthy stuff, right? Wow. So what's happening is, right? So let's have a little look into it. Let's have a cast. Yeah. Let's have a you know, delve deeper, right? It was initially spotted by chance from the air by Vesti Amal TV crew. En route from an unrelated assignment. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. A group of scientists then made an expedition to examine the large cylindrical crater, which has a depth of up to 50 metres. Such funnels are believed to be caused by the build-up of methane gas. Ah. Yeah, and it's in pockets of thawing permafrost under wow. the surface. <laughs> so that's what's actually happening there. You know, scientist Dr. Evgeny Chuvalin a leading researcher at Skolkovo Institute of Science and Technology said, What we saw today is striking in its size and grandeur. Wow. These are colossal forces of nature that create such objects. The crater, and these holes are called either hydro hydrolacoliths or bulguniacs by scientists. <laughs> That's a cool one. Yeah, I like to do that. They're a bulguniac. Is given the number 17 and is seen as the most impressive of the large holes to suddenly appear in recent years as the permafrost thaws. Does that come and go then, permafrost? Is that it, you know, like the bloody um, icebergs and that, you know? It, no, but permafrost is like a frozen layer underground, yeah. right? So it's obviously called permafrost because it's a permanent frozen ah, layer. Ah, I got you. <clears throat> Not obviously to you. And then it, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's like, it's, the idea is, you see, because what's actually happened is like during other ice ages and stuff, these areas are frozen. And through millions of years ago, a lot of these things were sort of, there's foliage and vegetation and stuff. Mm. It's compacted down and it's uh, frozen all this rotten vegetation, like yeah, swamps, marshes, yeah. things that were in warm areas. It's frozen, it's solid. Yeah. But what it's done, it's, it's like a carbon capture thing. Yeah. So all that sort of like rocks and gas and everything like that it's all just been trapped in there permanently and that's how it should stay yeah but global warming is now thawing this wow Jesus. and it's releasing these super huge bubbles of methane <laughs> right but the massively damaging to the uh, ozone layer oh my it's just about God, the most damaging yeah. thing you can have oh so you're gonna make it even worse <laughs> what yeah, a horrible yeah, cycle it's like a massive cycle but that's what's Shit. happening now so i mean this thing these bubbles are just vast Oh, that's in the atmosphere now. <laughs> We're chuffing doomed, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let me just get the name that somebody somebody described it as. Oh, Howard said we, we should uh, describe it as. One second here. Let's have a quick, quick chat with Howard. And he, as he put it, the description of these things are called Earth farts. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah, man. That's gigantic as well, isn't it? You know what I mean? I know it's like a Godzilla Trump, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. absolutely massive. But I mean, can you, to make that sort of eruption, it must have been a monster no. fart noise. So you know we were on about last week we were on about like the um how does it catch fire on the mall sometimes, you know, these willow whistle and all that. Oh this. yeah. It could that could have if if there were someone smoking a fag near that, that could have been an almighty fireball. Well, if, if, I think there's I think there's a hole. Have you heard of the one I think it's in Kazakhstan or something called the Gate of Hell? That one they drilled down and those noises at the end of it, is that the one? Uh no, no a Russian. That one, no, this, yeah. this is a different one. What right. this is this was basically a gigantic I think it's a giant, either a tar pit or a giant hole full of oil. Right. And somebody, same sort of thing, they thought, oh, well, we can burn this away. <gasps> Set oh. fire to it. And it's been burning for like 50 years or something. Christ. 
Uh, let me just see if we can find this. Yeah, that's 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 basically what it is, right? It's the, the Darvatsa gas crater, known as the get door or gate to hell. <laughs> it's somewhere like yeah. Dante knocks around. <laughs> yeah, it's actually in Turkmenistan, that's where it is. Uh, and it was... Um, the ge a geologist intentionally set it on fire to prevent the spread of methane gas. Right. And it's thought to have been burning continuously since 1971. Whoa. So it's got, it's got a... It's 70 metres wide and it's 30 metres deep. And it's burning... It's been burning constantly for 50 years. Oh, my God. I wonder which one's worth the methane farting out of the... I'll tell you something, though. I would love to... If you knew it was going to come out... <laughs> Just to be able to just chuck a fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> I just you know that bit where you like smoke a cig and you're like flicking it. That's a really cheese ball movie. The boom that would go off. Yeah. That'd be sonic, wouldn't it? Cry. Just incredible. Remember that other, that other all though? That one where they drilled down to see what happened and they got to the bottom of it and they're all like fucking horrible screaming. Have you ever heard that one? I have heard of that one. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. That screaming is grim. I, I, I don't know much about it to be honest. But it could but be just all rock twisting together and that. It just sounds like human voices in complete woe and pain. You well, know, we don't really. know what's down there, do we? You see? Yeah. We don't know what's underground. We think we know. Yeah. But if, you, if you look how far we've actually dug down in the it's nowhere. He's tiny, isn't it? Absolutely. Around, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a tiny bit of crust when you look at it. Yeah. It's absolutely And there's so much more down there. It's an absolute mystery. And we're, yeah. we're all going into space. We're all going into sort of like sea exploration. Yeah. What we need to do is get your pick and shovel out and have a good old dig. <laughs> get an old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dig a bloody hole. Let's find out what's down there. Because this is where you find your devats a gas crate. Yeah. All these big um, earth farts. <laughs> <laughs> to keep a box of matches handy. Yeah, but that's, that's what we need to do. But, you know, I th I, it's, not, it's not a good sign, is it? Let's face it. Yeah, but I don't like that cycle that like you're saying, you know what I mean? That's farted out. It's going to create more farts. It's going to be like the whole earth is going to be trumping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, top dude, though. Well done, Howard. That's yeah, nice. But um, one thing I will say is that the uh, these... When they swell up, they swell up like a big blister. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you're going to see it first. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. What the hell's that? And they're known as pingos. Obviously, like the idea of like um, methane explosions is pretty terrifying. <laughs> so, you know I, mean? I love that. Yeah. But danger closer to home. Ooh. Big cat UK warning as expert claims 500 leopards and pumas are stalking our countryside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Good. <laughs> Good. That's what I like. And this is by Seamus Duff for the Daily Star. Oh, that's a beauty name. Good old rag there. Yeah. <laughs> so, animal experts have warned that hundreds of big cats could be stalking the British countryside. And are responsible for the deaths of livestock. Dr. Andrew Hemmings of the Royal Agricultural University in Sirencester has suggested there could be as many as 500 wild big cats causing havoc in the countryside. And he says bite marks on animal remains prove his theory. Wow. So that's solid evidence. Yeah, yeah. The wildlife expert approximates that there are 250 black leopards and 250 pumas. 
at large in the UK and argues a lack of concrete evidence should not dismiss the possibility that big cats are hunting in the, in the wilds. While sightings of big cats in locations including the moors of Bodmin in Cornwall to the quiet residential streets of Hampstead, London, have brought scepticism due to shaky photographs and video footage. But Dr. Hemmings says there are too many sightings to dismiss big cats in the UK as mere myths. So what's your thoughts? Well, only a couple of weeks ago there was another one where the, uh, the army got sent out and they saying, yeah, he's, there's a big cat out there, you know what I mean? We've seen it, you know what I mean? Yeah, they were like proper, like, it is yeah. real, we've just got to deal with the situation, everybody back up, be careful. It's and bad, isn't it? The amount of mutilations and eating, an old bloke, um, they were up in Scotland and he was getting stalked by a panther, you know, or someone really? behind him, you know what I mean? Uh, the bloke who were with him, you know, was saying, no, just stay still and just look over there. You know what I mean? They were a shape. He's saying that you, we're getting stalked at the moment. I think he let off a couple of bangs, you know what I mean? Wow. It ruined their hunt, but they got rid of Panther, you know what I mean? But it was slowly just stalking oh, behind him. That. But all the time, Scottish <laughs> dude was just like, just stop a minute. He knew like, already. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Like, he, yeah. Just, he just keeps, you know, properly loose out there, you know what I mean? He loves it. He'll be aware of it, yeah. So Dr. Hemmings claims. Because of the consistency of sightings, lack of signs on inbreeding, and skill at deer hunting, around 80% of the reports he received were credible. Yeah, I, yeah? I, I totally believe it. Most of the witnesses and informants are reliable people, such as police officers and scientists. Dr. Hemming goes on to claim that he has studied bite marks on the carcasses of five animals in the wild that he feels are consistent with the teeth marks of leopards and pumas studied in captivity. He also claimed the markings could only have been made by non-native UK animals. Yeah, you know, so it's not like badgers or a fox or anything yeah, like yeah. that, you know. Because you know you've seen yourself sort of like the big old gnashes on these. Exactly, boys, you don't you know? have a UK animal, you're a fucking horse, is it? You know what yeah, I mean? That's like... it. Earlier this month, a big cat was caught on camera roaming the countryside in Gloucestershire. Joshua Odom, 26, slammed the brakes on his car when he spotted a large animal while driving in the village of Barnsley, near oh. Sirencester. Oh. So that's yeah, a different one. And it won't be as... Uh, <laughs> what are the special interests of Barnsley? <laughs> Whipping out his phone, the cricket fan filmed what appeared to be a large black cat casually strolling around the countryside. Someone behind the camera exclaims, That is a fucking big cat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when they do stuff like that. Why bring in he's a cricket fan? I don't yeah, care. What's the relevance of that, you know? Like, <laughs> is he filming? You just see him go, How's that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a big fucking cat. <laughs> he went on to tell Gloucestershire Live, We stopped the car and watched it for about three or four minutes. It was definitely a big cat. It was massive, with a long tail. It wasn't a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of that, what was it, like the 1974 exotic animal fucking yeah. act thing came in, and they're all getting rid of like all the snakes and camels and sharks and all that, just chucking them back into the wild. And, <laughs> and they're all side humping up more. Field in Exeter there with a shark <laughs> flapping across it. There you go, my beauty. Go free. <laughs> Camel limb and stampede and all that shit. Those moors, man, there's some on the moors. <laughs> <laughs> fucking elephants, man. 
released. <laughs> I suppose that's the same thing that happened with turtles, though, with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ah, uh, yeah, like, yeah, know. down in the sewers. Yeah, no. And that massive crocodile. Yeah, well, I've, I've seen uh, I've seen terrapins in uh, the oh. River Air. In the not in the River Air, in the uh, canal. Wow, no I've way. Seen, yeah, I've seen, I've seen the terrapin the size of a dinner plate. Cry- and you saw that snapping turtle that time, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I've, I've seen an alligator snapping turtle has been released into a pond, Jesus. and that was as big as a dustbin lid. <gasps> what was, did that be? It was massive. Oh Christ! Because at first of all, this kid was sort of like looking at something. And he, he, we were messing around, and I said, what, what, "What have you seen?" And he looked at me with absolute terror. He says, "There's a tortoise in there." And I went to go look, and I said, "That's not a tortoise. That's a, that's a turtle." And I looked again, and I said, "That's a fucking alligator snapping." <laughs> get your arm. arm off. Yeah, get your little arm yeah. it. Drag him in. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing, so I took photos of it and film footage and stuff like this. Uh, and literally, it was the size of a dustbin lid. Wow. And then when this guy came along with, like, it was like a warden sort of thing, I says, Look, I don't want to be alarming you, mate. Yeah. But there's, there's an alligator snapping turtle in there. And this stupid fat fuck, he turns around and says, I oh, know I put it in. <gasps> I says, What? And he says, Yeah, it keeps keeps uh, ducklings down and stuff like that. Says, what? Because it's a fishing pond, right? They don't want oh. any ducks on water. So what he does, he puts a effing great alligator snapping turtle in there. Oh. It eats all ducks and ducklings. Oh, so these, these silly sods can sit around eating, drinking tins and fishing for perch. Oh, you could tie him up and just say, go on, snapping turtle. Oh, eat his face the turtle, yeah. <laughs> So these exotic uh, creatures out there, yeah. you know, I think they're out there. They're, they're uh, exotica. I, I don't think they've been here forever. I think yeah. they've been released and that's where you got to look at it. Exactly. You know? Wow. Shacks. <laughs> <laughs> monsters really out there yeah, you know? it yeah. could be anything out there you know and it's like people it, and what what you could see as a monster is just something that's not being detected exactly isn't it? and it's not going to kill yeah, you yeah the beast of bodmin and all that yeah. sort of stuff you know and um but let's have a little look at a sea monster then. oh yeah baby see because in the late 1960s decades deep into the cold war the u.s intelligence analysts were monitoring the caspian sea Oh, that was cool I came across satellite images of something strange in the water. Wow. Right? Odd shapes, but the first thing they started to see was like, you know, like wakes. Yeah. Your boat wake. That yeah, kind of someone's thing. swimming, someone's behind. But this was something of an immense size yeah. traveling at stupendous speeds, which they didn't think was possible. <laughs> right? And this thing they eventually looked at, they call it the Caspian Sea Monster. Jeez, that's right. such a cool name. The Caspian Sea Monster, right? And so what they did was, then they got the satellites into the area and had a look, and they found it. Oh, wow. <clears throat> they spotted the Caspian Sea Monster, and they took photographs of it, yeah, right? Yeah. And what they photographed was called an Ekranaplan. An Ekranaplan? An is a boat or a plane. Right. It's a strange machine, right? Wow. And it's one of the most impressive fucking mental things you'll ever see. Now, would you like to see what the Caspian Sea Monster actually looked like? Well, is it like Nemo or something? You're saying it's like some fucking dude in a private boat? Or... It's Russian-made. And look at this mad fucker. What the? It's like a plane. Look at these jets. What is that? It's a plane in it. What it's is a it? plane, but it's a plane that only travels maybe two or three metres above the water. <laughs> Wow! Oh, it's like a super fast boat. But it's like getting... a super fast boat plane. Wow! Like, right? Yeah, yeah. 
And what is it like a catamaran? Well, it? it can no, not really. Again, because yeah, that's that still, skims, doesn't it? Skims, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what? Weirdly enough, they are still using what's known as making use of ground effect, the aerodynamic forces at play when skimming close to the surface of the water, and it achieves a fast but stable low-level flight. Oh. Because what's happening is, when you're flying, you're always your plane's always trying to kind of go back to the ground, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. If you if you do like if now if you remember the footage of Donald Campbell when he's flying yeah, Bloomberg, yeah. that thing he's always trying to take off. Yeah, yeah. And what they decided and created was something that found the sweet spot oh between the two. God. And that's what the Caspian Sea Monster is. It's a a cranoplan, as they called it. Wow. Right? Now this is something that's really close to my heart. And this is Russian made. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, because when I were a kid, when I were about 13 or so, 13 or 14, mm-hmm. um, I'd worked out myself the fact that planes were always trying to crash and boats were always trying to take off. Right, cool. And I'd actually worked out that I thought, well, why don't they find something that just does in between? That's it. Is. And I started making little models. Yeah. <laughs> it's so. all in between gripping yourself so often. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just before I was doing all that. <laughs> And and it was it was basically these wood I made wood proper wooden models of oh it and my stuff because like, eh? I was trying to design design a basically a flat bottom speedboat without knowing anything to do with aerodynamics yeah yeah but then I'd realise it would need like little stabiliser wings and things like this <laughs> I'm trying to get my mates involved and everything and we used to have like days where we'd go right let's get together and plan this thing and see if yeah. we can work it out because because we didn't have any internet and I'm just doing it off like any books or just my own thought of yeah, what we could yeah. do and see if we could do a model that'd work oh that's it. But I couldn't get any of my mates involved, really. Nobody wanted to know about design. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I didn't even know about the Caspian Sea wow. Monster. Never heard of it. What year were that, then? Well, this was in the 60s. God. So I'm sort of designing my own plans for the Akrana <laughs> plan. When is, this is about 1984 or something. <laughs> That's it. It's only 20-odd years late. But they still use it like that. <clears throat> well, that's the thing you see now. Is that the same at the time when they made it. I'm going to show you a few more pictures of these things. Yeah. Look at that. Jesus Christ. So he's yeah. not touching, but look, this particular device is absolutely rammed full of missile launchers. Oh my This God. is the military version of the Tranaplan, <laughs> right? And they used it for all sorts, but now they found the Lund class one. This is the one that had uh, the missiles <laughs> mounted on it as well. Um, it's, it's in a bad state of repair. They're trying to get into a museum at the moment because they realise it's one of the last ones yeah. that's sort of like running at the moment, and and they, they, they're struggling like all holy heck to get it to save it, right? But they reckon it was just so far ahead of its time that it wasn't a viable sort of option. Yeah, you yeah. know, although it's immensely powerful, immensely fast. So, do you actually gain so much? The sweet spot gains you a load of. You know, you're just ripping through the sea. Caspian Sea. Something. No, I'm thinking of a battleship. You know, it's after it's, it's hunting and its purposes to for war. It just races up, boom, with the missiles off again. Well, I don't know. I think they couldn't actually find its ah. true purpose. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so more testing than wink. Yeah, and, and I think the thing is as well with, with the Akrana plan, uh, it was. They really realised it was the best use for it was actually for heavy transport, getting things made to be really quickly. Yeah, so yeah. you'd get tons of tanks and, and kit on board that and you could get across like huge bodies of water, immense speeds. Wow, yeah. It was limited by certain weather conditions. Obviously it's like bad weather yeah, yeah. You know, things Hitting like this. massive waves and freak waves. Yeah, well that's it. Things could go a bit bit wrong really. Yeah. You know, and so as a result it did have its limitations. 
And the good thing of that time as well is it flew under radar. Wow. So yeah, that's the other that's thing that makes it about it. Super it? sneaky, yeah. So what the ideal is for me, be like a, a what's his name, like a submarine version that yeah. come out and suddenly fly. Like or the other way around, it's flying up in the air and it's like go supersonic, you know what I mean, and drop under radar and then it just hits the ocean bit and then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well part of the problem was it did sometimes hit the ocean. Ah <laughs> tricky <laughs> when you're so flying. One of the one of the, the biggest and the most famous ones. And that is where it is now, bottom of the ocean. Wow. So you just hit and yeah. just, you just get. And again, rough weather, it seems to be very prone to rough weather and things. But what they're saying now is with the Okrana plan, these the next generation designs are coming out. In theory, the combination of speed and flexibility could allow Okrana plans to compete with seaplanes and ships. But while they make for a truly awesome sight when in flight, they've so far failed to progress any further than technological curiosity. So they've sort of always suffered from the same limitations faced by seaplanes when it comes to taking up for landing. Yeah. Well, that's another sort of issue, and that's a weakness. But they are stable as all heck when they're sort of like when they're yeah, going. Go. You know, after years of research and trials, a Singaporean startup is close to beginning production on a next-generation vehicle that aims to revolutionise coastal transport forever. <laughs> what have you got? What have you got? <laughs> So this is like the next gen. The next generation of a Kranoplans, the sort of like, so the finding that, wow. the, what the finding is, it's almost like leisure jets and stuff yeah. like this, le leisure boats and things, you know. So yeah, what the finding is, it's sort of like, um, this smaller leisure, like speedy leisure craft, and wow. whatever doing it, you know. Like talking from Miami, you know, like you well, a drug deal. Well, this is it, you know what I mean? But it's like um, basically these things like super luxury flying yachts that need to get from A to B really, really quickly. Wow. I'm sure the drug dealers are going to love these yeah. sort of things as well, you know what I mean? <laughs> Scrap the mini subs, guys, we've got a new one. So we just need to look at another one up here, which looks a bit, a bit bizarre, right? And this is a, a craft called the Airfish, right? Wow. Straight out of James Bond or something. <laughs> airfish is that's exactly what it's like. It, it's that sort of thing. So, despite its ambiguous appearance, the airfish is considered a ship by organisations such as Lloyd's Register and international maritime organisations. The vehicle is powered by a car engine using conventional unleaded gasoline. <laughs> right. So it's a pretty sort of simple thing, really. Which yeah. is which is the dream, isn't it? You know, yeah, I mean, you yeah. want something fairly simple. You know. And beats like jet fuel. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So it it's more like eco. It, it can fly at speeds up to 110 miles an hour. Wow. Which are, well, 110 knots, right? So boats can't do that. Yeah, yeah. You know? And but it cruises at lower speeds of 70 to 90 knots. <laughs> this provides a smoother, more comfortable ride for passengers and also prevents it from climbing too high and leaving the ground effect zone. Yeah. So you start doing sort of two, three, four hundred miles an hour. When you leave <laughs> and you start taking off, it gets a bit messy, you know? So the airfish is designed to fly below seven meters at all times in order to take full advantage of the green ground effects, right? It's rougher water in rougher water with up to two meter high waves, the cruise altitude would be up to about three or four meters above those crests. So what they're saying is it can just fly higher and higher to avoid those rough seas because it's a smaller craft. So it looks to me like my I mean to be honest, what I'm looking at here with this particular one, the airfish, this is close to what I was designing. Wow, that's close to what I was trying to make, which is basically looks like a boat, but with like outboard wings. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So you never know. As far as I'm concerned, maybe I was ahead of my time <laughs> in designing these new designs, but a little bit like the airship. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was these things that designed. Yeah, the I love yeah. airships massively, but now it's looking like the perhaps the time could come that the Akrana plan 
it's time could be about to come again. There's many new designs in sort of like in the in the offing. Yeah, yeah. They're redesigning it and remastering it, and it's looking like it could be because they're always trying to make flying cars and stuff. Yeah, like this, yeah. You know I mean, get back on it, Arkid. You could get a million. Maybe me and you. That's what we need to design. Like, <laughs> we, design could, we could boot old Pete out of way. <laughs> He's trouble <laughs> anyway, and we could just jet across and take his minis. <laughs> Maybe just him, so he can get his tinnies and stuff a bit quicker. <laughs> get that old <laughs> pee sound on it. Where's my knickknacks? Oh, they're here. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Pete. Fuck off. <laughs> You've got a lot of tidying up to do. Nah. Uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to have to be out there trying to push that bloody super tanker <laughs> off at rocks. Yeah, do it sharpie, so I'm going to be worried about I know, that. I'm a little bit worried. I thought we might try and do it after dark. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Just get it in quick. Well, maybe we could get a uh, Robo Pete to sort it out. <laughs> yeah, he's darting all this bullshit anyway. He's a menace, he really is. <laughs> but what I always like to do is, I like, as you know, I like a little warm story. To yeah, I like that. Cozy one for the end. Yeah. So this is. David Bowie used to store his urine in the fridge to stop witches stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you just flush it, Bowie? Or did you think they had pipes outside his house or something? So this is by Joe Taysom for Far Out magazine. <laughs> David Bowie's decade of decadence in the 1970s, which came to its apex when he moved to Los Angeles, saw the star man use cocaine like there was no tomorrow, a habit that resulted in some bizarre behaviour which was the result of the coke-fueled paranoia he had become susceptible to. Perhaps the most obvious example of Bowie's fragility during this period was the moment he decided to keep his urine in the fridge to prevent witches from stealing it. <laughs> Why the fridge, though? <laughs> oh, dear. It remains unclear exactly why Bowie was so protective over his bodily fluids <laughs> and what exactly he believed witches could do with it but it paints a dark picture into his mindset during this time. The Thin White Duke's strange obsession with keeping his urine safe is allegedly to do with a fallout he had with Led Zeppelin's Jimmy Page. Whoa, both into big magic though, both of them exactly were fully into massive, magic. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a fallout he had with Jimmy Page a few months prior in his Manhattan townhouse, and as a result, he became under the belief that the guitar god had sought to put his soul in danger. Wow. Bowie became convinced that because Page owned the home of black magic philosopher Alistair Crowley, or Crowley, it's yeah. probably Crowley, isn't it? Who he believed was in cahoots with the witches and was paranoid they were out to get him. Therefore, he stocked up his fridge with his urine in an erratic bid to keep his soul pure. <laughs> You're going to run out of space real quick, aren't you? I know, you know? I would have been out <laughs> ten pisses a day, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Bowie reflected on this dark period and the damage it was doing to his body, as well as his appearance, to Dylan Jones for his book, David Bowie, A Life. I've never really thought about it. <laughs> I can't do it, <laughs> David Bowie. 
I've never really thought about whether or not a person can be too thin. Well, I certainly was at one point. Back in that sound like fucking Scepter <laughs> <laughs> You dirty old man. <laughs> you dirty old man. <laughs> We'll just cut that out a bit then. I'll uh, just do it. I'll just read it. <laughs> Keep it in. <laughs> I've ne- never really thought about whether or not a person can be too thin. Well, I certainly was at one point. Back in the 70s, when I just ate peppers and drank milk. <laughs> I have various photographs of me looking skeletal, <laughs> which reminds me how badly I behaved back in the 70s. Bowie honestly stated, It's remarkable that out of all the turmoil that was going on at every junction in Bowie's life, once he entered the studio, all that was left behind and he could do what he did best, make magical music. Of all the cocaine records that have tarnished many artists' reputations over the decades, station to station, somehow did the opposite, and is up there with Bowie's best. The godlike genius was even by his own admission going through a time which was nightmarish and a low point in his personal life where addiction became his escape from his marriage that was breaking down. Much like his relationship with the music industry, which had completely fallen out of love with him. It's a relief that this period only lasted a couple of years and that Bowie came out of the turbulent time better than ever with a newfound sense of creativity, following his move to Berlin. Oh, yeah, the Berlin. Yeah, yeah. fascinating period, is that? Like? I know, it's just so fantastic. The yeah, music yeah. he was making was so ace. And yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I love Bowie. I'm not a big Bowie fan, because yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he's... If I say, oh, I'm a big Bowie fan, you can just show me a million other people who are much, much bigger Bowie yeah, fans than yeah, me. Yeah. But I really appreciate his music, and yeah. I listen to a lot As of it. As an artist, I'm saying, I'm probably like the Spiders from Mars I'd listen to, yeah. you know what I mean? easy to do. Going back though with Jimmy Page and the power of Jimmy Page, yeah. just to prophesize it, Robbie Williams is going to get it so hard soon. They live next to each other, don't they? And they've had a big oh, like, land, they have, they? They've had this big land disturbance thing, you know, like one's wanting to, I don't know, planning permission. Or he's, it, I think Page is moaning about Robbie being too black. There's so much fucking yeah, going on. But I think Robbie's out. won the fucking court case. Oh, well, he's dead then. He is, in it? So I'm just prophesizing now something really evil, like an omen type of death occurs oh, to I like yeah, <laughs> And I, I would nasty. like it as well because I hate Robbie. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> he's so mad up his own arm. Do you know what he reminds me of? Do you remember, have you seen a Bowfinger? Yeah, yeah. Right, with, with Eddie Murphy in that, yeah. right? That's what, that's what um, Robbie Williams is like. Yeah, I'm just wondering around yeah, like Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Eddie Murphy in that one. He turned up a, he's got some links to Skinwalker Ranch as well, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Well, he, he's, he's really into the UFO world. He's, he, everything's paranormal. He's into that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But not in a good way because I think he just believes everything. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I think he's, he just. He, and he's, he's not right in his head. Yeah, I don't think he's, 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 he's rocky. He's not, yeah. he's not the sort of person you want as like the uh, special envoy towards UFOs yeah, and stuff. Yeah. It's Robbie Williams. And just plain fact, don't fuck with Jimmy Page. You Jesus don't fuck, you Christ. Don't fuck with the page. Not even out of the, like, the fear of him. Just respect for the man. He's just yeah, like, Christ. Jimmy effing Page. You, you did Angels, mate. And then, you know, the yeah, it's like, my God, come on. He did Black Dog. <laughs> <laughs> he did Stairway, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one, though. Peppers and Milk, though, with Bowie. Why did everyone just, what kind Imagine. of stinking... Imagine the trickle little poos he's doing. Oh, it's like no. little rabbit shits. Oh, stinky little rabbit oh. shits. Like black tar. Oh, just spat out. It was like, <laughs> you know those Texans, you know, when they like, chewed the two tune back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's Bowie. It's another Bowie turd. 
<laughs> You're like upstairs. <laughs> but anyway, I think I need a cold drink anyway before I get going on this. Yeah. So it's like, I know, need a massive glass of water. Oh, I'll get, I've got some in the fridge anyway. I'll get. Yeah. What's this in fridge? It's bloody Robo Pete's <laughs> Oh, look how orange it's like. Tizer. Oh, he's even labelled it up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> What's the Robo Pete? I think I've had drunk some of that. Well, I'll tell you what, that. I'm just thinking now, Robo Pete, he only appeared on this island after David Bowie died. <gasps> maybe he is. Maybe he's the star man. Maybe he's the thin white duke. <laughs> <laughs> he's not white or anything. No, he's not he's like, he's like, got a <laughs> Well, I can't decadence that you've been doing here, though. I mean, it could be anything. Let's get a tidy up, kid, and I'll get that chip uh, off the rocks. Yeah, yeah, do that first. <laughs> so it's time for us to say goodbye. So it's a big bye from Matt. It's a big Benny bye-bye from Benny. <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs> You're never going to get this right. <laughs> Instagram at Crack and Cold Pod. Ha ha!